0: Hi folks, it's Rabbi Sharon Brous here. You are listening to IKAR's podcast, where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. Shana 40 days and 40 nights. That's how long many of us think Noah's flood lasted, but it's not quite true. That's how long it rained. Then the water subsides for 150 days. There are another couple of months of more subsiding. Then the ark hangs out on the mountains for a bit. Noah sends birds to check for dry land. When all is said and done, Noah is in the ark for a full year, a full year. I've been thinking a lot about Noah lately, stuck on his ark with his immediate family and his many, many pets, his pod, if you will. Are we like Noah though? On the one hand, we've been going through this pandemic longer than his time on the Ark. But on the other hand, we haven't been through anything like Noah was. He experienced the complete destruction of the Earth and all its inhabitants due to a climate disaster. For us, for now anyway, it's just a global pandemic. But it's hard not to see some parallels between the story of Noah and our reality. What was it like for Noah the day God said it was time to board the Ark? Was it like when you realized that you couldn't take that trip you had been planning or that your wedding needed to be postponed indefinitely? When you realized you were just hired as your child's homeschool teacher for no pay and with no real qualifications? Or when it sunk in that you would be making a Pesach Seder alone? Do you ask the four questions when there's nobody to hear them? The answer is yes. 40 days and 40 nights of unrelenting torrential rain. 11 months of fear, scrambling to keep ourselves afloat. Studies show that people are having more difficulty sleeping, are experiencing more anxiety and depression. I am worried about you and me and all of us. I'm worried about our physical and mental health. And I'm also worried about what this pandemic is doing to our hearts. Like Noah, our primary goal at first was survival. He built a physical arc. Some of our boundaries were physical too, distance between us and others. We also built walls around our hearts. How else to get through it? While we were wiping down our groceries with bleach, wondering if our job would be there next week, worrying that the guy at the supermarket with his mask below his nose was going to kill us, it was so much to hold. And what about now? We're still on the ark, but we're not where we were. Last year at this time I was in a shell Heavitt classroom alone with the door closed mask on grateful I could at least join my voice in harmony with the other clergy again after 7 months of singing to a screen in my dining room look at us now So yes we're still on the ark but with gratitude to God and science we have moved forward I think about Noah on the ark for all that time. God could have made it so that the flood waters receded as quickly as they had swelled, but imagine what that it would have been like for Noah. It would have been so intense to go directly from the unrelenting assault of the rain to the shock of his new reality. His heart wouldn't have been able to handle it. He needed the time on the ark to prepare himself to leave. Now, I'm not suggesting that the reason we are still stuck on our own COVID arcs is because God is doing this to us on purpose. But since we are here, how do we make sure that we are using this time to move ourselves forward spiritually, that we are preparing ourselves to not only reenter the world, but reenter it better, stronger, more thoughtful, and more awake? It's time to bring some of our walls down, and Thy Holy Days are made just for that purpose. Our annual prying open of the heart feels more important than ever. And we have some tools to help us. Over the course of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we will recite a prayer called Unetane Tokef, best known partly thanks to Leonard Cohen, for the deeply troubling section which asks, Who will live and who will die? Who by water who by fire, who by plague, who by sword. It's hard not to feel the weight of this prayer every year, but especially right now as fires and storms and violence and disease rage in so many corners of our country and world. This prayer pushes us to recognize the fragility of life and how much is outside of our control. And then it ends with a phrase, Utshuvah utfila utstaka ma'avirin et ro'ah hagzera tshuva, repentance or return, tefillah, prayer, and tzedakah, charity and justice. These three tools have the potential of pushing aside the harshness of a decree. Not the decree itself. They're not a magic wand changing our history or our fate, but perhaps they can mitigate the impact of some experiences, such as the one we have all been enduring for 18 months. tshuva, We often translate tshuva as repentance, and that is part of it. Tshuva is the gift that reminds us we can be better. Growth is part of life. We can be different. But this year, to focus only on sin or mistakes feels like it misses the point. The root of tshuva is the root for return, la shuv. In the act of tshuva, we seek to return to ourselves. Dr. Erica Brown writes the following in her book, Return, Daily Inspiration for the Days of Awe. Rabbi Jonah of Gerona called repentance a sanctuary, a place to escape the intensity of sin. It's also the place to embrace the strength needed to fight our hardest inner battles and our stubborn resistance to change. She continues, By calling repentance a sanctuary, Rabbi Jonah in Sha'arei Tshuva transformed an act Into a space we can step into and know that we are home and we are safe. We have returned to our essential selves, the people we like best. Chuva is hard. The process of self-reflection can feel daunting, especially when the stresses of the pandemic have made it difficult to be the best version of ourselves. Relationships that need repair? Check. Struggling with things like patience and compassion? Yes. So what a powerful idea Brown is bringing, that this holy work of self-examination, tshuva, is not an act, but a space we can step into and know that we are home and we are safe. Imagine the healing, love, wholeness, and possibility that that tshuva might bring. Tefillah. Prayer. There's a halakha, a Jewish law, that says we should only pray in a place with a window. Did you know there was a window on Noah's Ark? It was how he sent off the birds, when he wanted to know if the land had dried enough for him to leave. First he sent a raven, which came back. Noah understood from this that the raven hadn't found a place to land and to stay. The waters were still too high. He sent a dove, which came back with an olive branch. A better sign. Then he sent a dove, which didn't return. He took this to mean it had found safety and that he too could leave the ark. It must have taken a lot for him to send that first bird, hope in the face of complete unknown. And then it came back to him, which must have been devastating. And yet, he was willing to try again and again. Each of those birds was a prayer. For us to pray as Noach did in those moments, we must reveal to ourselves our deepest wishes— to send them out into the world with the faith that there will be land. In prayer, we ask a question and listen carefully for the answer. These high holy days, find your window, send out your prayer. Then even if it's not clear whether anyone or anything has heard it, send another. To pray in this way is an act of vulnerability. In the face of uncertainty, we act with hope. Tzedakah, Charity and Justice the thing about the window on the ark is that it also brings the outside world in. Before the flood, Noach was not concerned with the brokenness around him. The Torah tells us Noach walked with God, and the commentary, Rav Yitzchak Abravanel explains that this means Noach didn't engage the people of his time at all. There was corruption and a devaluing of human life and widespread theft and so much more that he wasn't paying attention to. And I don't imagine Noach looked out the window of his ark much at the beginning of the flood either. It might have been too difficult to attend to his own distress and also witness the loss of life outside. But when he got quiet, after the rain stopped, Noach could look outside again. When we are scared and overwhelmed, it can be hard to look beyond ourselves, but when we can catch our breath, even just a little, we must widen our gaze and look out the window. COVID has shown light on certain issues, and it is our responsibility to make sure that these things are remembered and addressed, even as we move move forward. What are some of the things that we have become more aware of? The isolation that some people in our society feel on a regular basis. The burden on parents of childcare and school in a society with no safety net. The way systemic racism permeates everything our education system, our healthcare system. The alarming rise in homelessness, especially here in Los Angeles. The inclusion of tzedakah as one of the three major tools of the High Holy Days reminds us that even as we are asked to reflect deeply on ourselves, we must not stay wrapped up in our own stories. Teshuvah, Tfilah, tzedakah. Noach needed time to prepare his heart to go back into the world. Like it or not, we have also been given an extended period of preparation. Please God, we will be able to leave this ark soon. But in the meantime, let us use this time wisely. I imagine when Noach did leave the ark after all that time, he was struck by what was lost, but also by what was breathtakingly beautiful. As we take steps, some big and some small, toward leaving the Ark, let us acknowledge the pain and also hold on to the moments of beauty. Here's one of those moments for me. In the beginning, there were many days where I barely left the house. Maybe I went on a walk with Noah. My partner, Sarah, was working as a physician, working long hours at the hospital, encountering COVID all the time, and we were terrified. There was so much nobody knew, including what would happen to a three-month-old baby if she got sick. For months, one of our dearest friends would come over and visit and stand outside the window, which we kept closed. She would play with Noah, who absolutely adores her, laughing and playing peekaboo. When Sarah and I were finally both vaccinated and the cases had dropped significantly, we, we felt ready to let someone in the house. I will never forget that moment when our friend came inside, finally, and I watched Noah run over to her with the biggest smile on her face and just gave her the hugest hug. Yeah, I felt in that moment the loss of so many opportunities, so many dinners and time together, but mostly... I felt joy, ingratitude, and hope. I know you have your own moments like that too. Tonight may we begin to stretch, to look inward, upward, and outward. Let us use these High Holy Days to prepare our hearts so that when it is time to leave the ark, we do so stronger, more aware, and more compassionate than when we entered. Shana Tova. Hi, it's Mayim Bialik, actor, neuroscientist, IKAR member, and lover of all things Jewish. Do you like what you're listening to? Please consider donating to IKAR so that we can continue creating more podcasts and fulfilling our mission of harnessing untapped energy in the Jewish community to reanimate Jewish life, embody moral courage, nurture the spirit, and work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Why don't you visit our website at ecard laorg and give today.